Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I'm Nate Jones. Each week we get together and we discuss a software design problem and how we might go about solving it using functional principles and the Clojure programming language. So Nate, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I think this week we should talk about faking. Faking? (laughs) Faking, like when you're at work and you pretend that you're coding, but really you're watching the new Star Wars trailer? (laughs) Oh, I was thinking Reddit, but sure, Star Wars is good. Um, Well, maybe Well, Reddit is at least about programming in some of the places. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, maybe I think we uh, we should take a step back and say where, where, where we are in our great saga um our our, our heroes were <laughs> we were working <laughs> Where on we left out. <laughs> yes uh, on implementing the, the the posting algorithm like our our automated twitter poster this thing that yes. we were making because we're lazy has now taken us 4 or 5 weeks to <laughs> to implement <laughs> yes um and uh and we we had a really good pattern for um for separating out the pure logic from the side effects. We had this this tick-tock back and forth between the the worker and the decider. And the worker was all about side yeah. effects, was very simple, very shallow functions. The decider had all the branching, it had all the all the the pure logic that you could just test each one of those individually. Um, right. Very and, testable, you know, just decoupled really let you make these super thin worker functions that have the side effect and then get everything testable. Also made the overall control pretty straightforward. And it's more of like an event-oriented type thing instead of like a scripted, nested, uh, imperative mess, right? Yeah, it was very flat. You know, you could you could go, I just want... So at step four in the algorithm, which is a decision step, I want to... There's there's some a new nuance that we figured out, or sometimes Twitter will give us back a different response. Well, we can just add a new test case for that just that one step. And it's very simple and straightforward to add, you know, the, 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 the git diff, so to speak, is just about the problem we're solving instead of, you know, all of the mechanisms or machinations of, 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 of um, what's the word, mocking, mocking it down to that oh, point. Oh, yes. We no longer right. have to do that. Right. <laughs> so, but once that's done, we kind of, we kind of are... You know that 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 part of the application is, so to speak, you know, you know, down in the bowels. It's in the basement. It's the all of the rest of our applications built up on top of that, and um, and so the, the the problem I want to talk about this week is that the, the you know after we get that working, we kind of test it from our REPL and we make sure that it works. We do a couple of test test tweets, you know, to make sure the whole process goes through. Um, then we want to write the UI. We want to actually build the the interface that we are going to use to control this application to input the new tweets right. to schedule them to see what was posted all that stuff and so there's all kinds of data we want to have flying back and forth so that that's kind of we've been slaving away in the back end in the in the bowels of the application and now we want to uh, show off you know the stuff that people actually see <laughs> get some work done that actually uh, you know it, it's appreciable right you can spend Months and months and months on the back end, and people think you've barely gotten anything done. You can spend two days on the UI, and people are like, "Wow, now you're making rapid progress." <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, the tip, the tip of the iceberg. It's very real. Um, so anyway, so we got the 
we got the data. We, we, we have the back end. We have, we're kind of glossing over, you know, the front end choice of technology or how the front end connects to the back end and all that stuff. That's all. We're just going to pr- pretend that's, an, a, a, you know, a solved problem that we'll, we may be able to, we'll talk about another episode. But for now, the important thing is when I actually am interacting with the front end, like I want to schedule a new tweet and then watch it actually post. Yeah. Um, the application will then actually post it. <laughs> I mean, right it will, it to will, real Twitter, right? <laughs> it will it will faithfully obey my every command, um, even the ones I've I've written wrong. Um, well, and then we're gonna get the flood of emails like, "Why do you keep posting ASDF, ASDF, ASDF to Twitter?" <laughs> precisely, that's the problem. We want to be able to. I, I'm I'm pretty sure, and this is drawing on many years of experience that we won't be able to get the UI right the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah. We probably won't even get it right the 10th time. And then I'll get it right the 20th time, and then I'll show it to you, and you'll be like, what about this? And then it'll actually be the 30th time with this right. You know, it's like UI right. is yeah, very well, UI, iterative. UI programming is a big exploration. You know, you're you're trying like different different mechanisms for input, different mechanisms for interaction, uh, sometimes something, you know, you have high concept and you can, you can kind of play around with some of that stuff without actually even talking to the back end. But then at some point in time, you need to fill this thing up with data and, and see things, you know? And yeah. so it would be great to, to be able to kind of rapidly get a test set of data in there. It would be great to be able to, to manipulate that test set of data and, and maybe not have it reflect what we want to tell the world, but maybe have it reflect the edges of our problem instead. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. normal data is usually the easiest to deal with. It's the abnormal data. And so Twitter, well, Twitter might be full of all sorts of abnormal and normal things. <laughs> but <laughs> right. we, went, we went carefully curated abnormal data um, to test the edges of our UI, right? Yeah, like a, a tweet that's all the, as long as it possibly can be, or several tweets that are too short, so you can see how they lay out in the table. You know, like all that stuff. You can, you could. I mean, I guess you could like have a fake, a, a, a second Twitter account that is a throwaway one that you register, you know, and you, you sure. fill with data. Um, yeah, but the problem or the is Twitter sandbox. Like Twitter has a, a API sandbox, right? You could just point it at that and then uh asdf away right right i think that the the problem with that is that there's no control over that data set there's no you can't reset it back to a previous state i mean i guess you probably could if you were to call api methods to actually delete tweets but then you're managing someone else's database like there's a lot of a lot of overhead in keeping that data the way that you want it to be um, right, and also you're still, you know, you're still posting things on the internet. You know, you're if you're say you, you post something with pound closure, well then that shows up in the 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 the, pound, the hashtag closure search for people, um, and so then they're they're seeing our our dev stuff, which I I don't want to do. Sure. Well, then what about what about when you also you're sitting on an airplane hacking on some code, or you're sitting on your commuter train? hacking on some code. And then like the Twitter sandbox, like the Twitter sandbox might help you with not posting garbage on pound closure and polluting searches for closure newbies. 
right? Right. But it's not going to help you, you know, not use up your LTE data (laughs) because you had to um, uh, bridge it to your computer so that you could post to the sandbox or or in the tunnel or whatever, right? You know, it's... So we want it, it would be nice. And and then it's hard to kind of share some of these test cases between developers. It's like then then you're like scripting, shoving stuff into the Twitter ephemeral sandbox before it gets deleted or whatever. So boy, you know, it it would be nice if if we could basically scaffold a bunch of uh well chosen fake data that makes our UI bend in, in strange places. Yeah, you know, into into Twitter. The, the the point I think is to, is to bring it bring it closer to us, and by closer to us it means it brings us into our our control, um, and and then we get to decide when it gets reset and that kind of stuff. Um, so, so what could we do f- to do that? <laughs> uh, well, how about how about if we actually make a a Twitter like make a separate application like that answers the same API calls that Twitter does. And so we can just point our, our, our endpoint to that, you know, local host colon 9080, you know, or something like that. And it answers all oh, the same. This reminds me of those like open source S3 projects, right? It's like fake S3 so that yeah. you can point, you can point your dev instance at fake S3. It's not really intended to store anything for the long term, but it's, it's intended to make your application happy because it has something to talk to. Yeah, so, so I mean, fake you just, Twitter. You just, you know, I mean, it can't be that hard. <laughs> says the says the person who's never so, done it before. So you'd make like a, a standalone application, and it has the same API as Twitter. Well, I guess all the API endpoints you hit. I mean, one option is open the Twitter API and start typing, right? But <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah, that's how you end up with fake S3. I guess somebody realized, oh, well, we only need these calls. Well, now we need this one, and now we need this one, and now we need this one. <laughs> right, then you're, 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 signing up the, you're signing up for a, a treadmill that you don't control. <laughs> uh, just right. It keep, keeps going on and on. It does sound pretty heavy, though. I mean, it, it certainly would work, right? Like, like stub out Twitter on your machine. Right. Yeah, the, the things I don't, I don't, I think it's an interesting idea, but I don't like it for two reasons. The first reason is it assigns us for all the complexity of Twitter. It means that we have to, you know, I mean, Twitter gives us back, when we say post, it gives us back a map that has like 50 keys in it. Well, do we do all those keys? Like, are we just faking it enough that it works for application? And what if someone else discovers it? And then they want to use the Twitter, the fake Twitter for their self, you know, it's like, there's, right. there's, there's that. But then the other thing I don't like is that you then have to manage a separate application. It's like, now I have to have two things running, you know, I have to have two REPLs running, I have to have two programs running, and, and then I have to coordinate between the two of them, um, like this test data that we're talking about. Right, it's not an invalid approach, but it starts giving more and more gravity to this fake thing. And and you tend to want to make it more and more complete, and and now it's like, oh, well, you're doing development, so before you can actually get anything done, also check out this other thing and compile and run it, right? Don't forget, don't forget to run it, <laughs> et yeah. cetera, et cetera. It really goes against something that you and I have come to in, to be to hold near and dear is making it so that the first run developer experience is very is is a very short one, like. 
Right. You check it out. Make sure Java's installed. Run. Like it should be right. really, really fast. If there's 18 steps, then someone's going to mess up. And, and yeah, then, for and then sure. you're, the, the, what we don't want to do, and one of the reasons why we choose closure is because we don't want to work on the incidental complexity. And making a Twitter, a fake Twitter, is incidental complexity that we is not. We're not actually solving our real problem. We're we're solving the solving, you know. Sure. I think I think a good approach, and one we've we've used before, is to actually fake it inside of our application. Uh, that sounds a lot like mocking. <laughs> 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 didn't, didn't we just didn't we just go on and on about what, how mocking is the root of all evil when it comes to unit tests or something? <laughs> yes, uh, it does sound a lot like like mocking, <laughs> but you spell it differently, so that's to- that's why it's a totally different <laughs> word. But um, so, what do you mean, like fake it within the application? Well, well, so 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 faking it within the application. So right now we have. Like to kind of over quick overview of what we have. We have uh, the the poster component, and we have uh, two other components. One's the database handle, and one's the Twitter handle. You know, and and we we wrote the Twitter handle, so we control that domain. And so, component mixes those in to the the poster, so the poster can actually call use those handles to reach out to the world and do do what it needs to do. Right now, the database posts Twitter, and so what we what the idea is to actually take that that the whole level of the Twitter handle and and basically make it so that we can swap that out with something else. Okay, um, so the idea is since this is a component in the first place and it's getting injected in, thank you to component, the library, <laughs> yeah. lets us make components, the conceptual thing, uh, we'll, we'll make the Twitter handle, which is really, it's just like a... This handle is just an implement, like a, a a def record, right? It's it's like an instantiation of something that implements a protocol, and so right. we're gonna we're gonna have this implement uh, the the whatever the protocol is for our Twitter wrapper, and then that, and we'll we'll have those methods be uh, fake Twitter instead of real Twitter. So it's keeping it's keeping the size of the abstraction equal to the surface area that our program uses Twitter at. Some, something like that? Yeah, precisely. And I think the way that it's distinguished from mocking is m- mocking you're trying to make it so that you can bend this this fake thing into all the different possible errors so that you can, or all the possible different ways that you can force your algorithm to go into the, each, each crevice of each branch. And... When when you're talking about faking, you're talking about kind of replacing at a higher level. Um, okay. And also, the, yeah. So like, the if we purpose. try to send something to Twitter via this handle, it could just it could be the happy thing. It could just it could go. Okay, what was the command you sent? I'll just send back success. You know, done. <laughs> right. Like, like it could just yeah. be a really simple. Like it, it it implements a strategy, really kind of for use as opposed to trying to implement all possible responses that we need to test for. Precisely. It's, it's the purpose that, that differentiates it. The purpose of it is to make it so that that part of the application is stable so we can work on the rest of the application. The purpose of mocking okay. is 
to to actually test the app, the part of the application that is near to what your the mock is. <laughs> like, right. We, we want Twitter to be stable and not affect the world, so that we can work on the rest of application, i.e., the UI, i.e., the UI. <laughs> <laughs> the, U, the IE UI? <laughs> well, you know, Internet Explorer is now Chrome-based. Well, Edge is now <laughs> Chrome, right? Oh, so man. Who, who saw that coming? I don't know. The Topic old is made, for another podcast. <laughs> the old is made new, yes. Okay, and so the idea is in this thing is really all about providing enough functionality that we can get work done in the rest of the application and it's going to it's going to help us be productive as ui developers it's going to help us be productive in a system sense right we're 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 trying to write code and and we need data to be available from fake twitter and we need to be able to uh post some stuff to fake twitter and get the correct side effects from that um and and have the rest of our application behave appropriately it's not about every single edge of the surface area of our interaction with Twitter. So, so then if we do have this faker, it, it's kind of like a fun idea because we can, um, we can have it like start with data. You know, we can have it start with a, this whole fake Twitter session already if we wanted to, right? Oh, yeah. We so can, when you check out the code and you run it, let's say we just default to fake mode, or it's like, oh, I don't see any Twitter credentials. Okay, let's let's instantiate the faker component instead of the real component. And then the faker component's like, oh, great. Well, here's a bunch of edge casey data and normal looking data all kind of mixed together, so that when when you, the back end is like, oh, I must fetch from Twitter, or I must get the things, you know. It fetches, it says, hey, Twitter, give me, give me the, the stream. And it's like, oh, here you go. Here, here's your, your tweet stream. And, and it's useful for testing UI or, you know, it's useful for development. Yeah, which is the, which is the end point. You, you, want to, you want to make it so that this thing serves you and makes it to your, your it's easier for you to develop the right solution um, rather than being a problem on its own. Um, right. Yeah. And I think this is where we get into kind of like one of these distinctions between like test-driven development and REPL-driven development. I mean, it's nice to have all these permutations that you run through testing for getting code done. But sometimes like humans want to, like a human wants to hold the steering wheel and drive, right? And so so there's <laughs> facilities to help you as a human find what the right answer is too, you know? And, and especially when it comes to like UI interactions, you, 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 want, you want automation to help support your human-centric exploration of things. You know? Ab- so, absolutely. So that's, that's how faking is really different from testing too, right? Because you're, you're faking something to help with the human process, not so much to help with the automated verification process. Absolutely. It's it's a tool that helps helps the human because software still, at least for a little while longer, going to be a human driven process, and and it's it's kind of like a another tool on your tool belt to make it so that it's because if you have even if you have real Twitter and you're pasting to a fake account, there's still internet latency, all that stuff that you have to deal with. If it's a separate application, it's there's some latency, but if it's inside your application that the faking is happening, you know the call is coming from inside the house, like you know. 
it's going to be basically as fast as it can possibly be. And so that means yeah. if, if your environment is as fast as it possibly can be, that means you're going to be able to develop as fast as you possibly can, which is the point. Yeah, absolutely. And so then, then you get into other like crazy avenues if, if you want to go down the road of fun, crazy ideas. Yeah. So, so now you could have another component that gets spun up when you're in fake mode that also has a reference to this handle because this handle's stateful. And so now it could it could activate certain interaction type flags like ooh let's turn on slow mode, right? So then you have then you have a a little uh, through your REPL you know you message or you message the faker through your REPL you just you just you know send the component you call a method on the component that activates slow mode, and now you're over in the UI and all the responses just take a bit longer. Yeah, you know? so you can test out those busy. Uh, components. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's not about like, oh, is my logic correct when there are 600 milliseconds of latency? It's it's like, what does this UI feel like when everything gets slow, right? Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of, because of, then, then you're working on the, the tooling around your problem instead of, again, about Twitter. Right. That's cool. Right, and so this fake thing can now implement like behavior that you you need for exploring the space you need to explore to converge on what the right solution is and then re-explore it when you want to go back in because lots of times i would go back into an app and it's like oh there's no data in here but if you loaded it up and the data was already there it's like oh yeah i'm now reminded of the mindset that i was in when i would develop this you know kind of helps clean right. you back into it. Right. And so you could also have it, remember that case where we were trying to, when implementing the algorithm, it's like, oh, well, what if I just posted this manually, you know, to, to Twitter? Yeah. So, so now you could have this Twitter faker, you know, peek into the database and then kind of randomly see what the next scheduled tweet is and just like, pretend that it got posted manually <laughs> you know and see and see your algorithm notice that and do the right thing it's right? kind, of, kind of like having a chaos monkey that you invite into your your living room right and it's not really for verification of the algorithm that's what the unit tests are for it's more right. like it's more like you're, you're in the ui and what does your ui do when the system realizes oh i posted this manually yeah totally cool yeah so it seems like there is a lot of fun things we can do if we create a fake a fake twitter (laughs) (laughs) and it's not really about testing right it's about exploration it's not about validation it's not about guarantees it's about supporting the creative side of of create well the creative side of development right yes definitely well, the, really, the human side, because it's not—it's like helping you as a developer just get up and running, and it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about having the Twitter credentials. I can just run this thing and and play with it and see what it does. It's about you uh, uh, get, getting experience, like an experiential story for when Twitter does weird things. Right? We can we can make it do weird things whenever we want. <laughs> right. It's all about the developer experience, which we are. Very fond of. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Well, you know, we do have to spend a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time with the code, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, neat. It sounds like a, a fun thing to think about some more. Cool. All right. Well, um, we don't have any message queue this week. Uh, please let us know if you would like to, if you have any any thoughts or questions, um, you can reach out to us via email at feedback at closuredesign.club or on Twitter, of all things, <laughs> at Closure Design. Uh, we're also available to work on your closure project. Um, so if you'd like our help, uh, and we'd love to help, uh, send us an email about that. That's right. And you can find our show notes and our past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. We'll be back next week to talk even more about your favorite programming language and your favorite functional problems. Until then, fake it while you make it.